Welcome to Not Another Runner podcast, a running and health related podcast created by a run of the mill, yes, pun intended, everyday runner. Join me for all things running, health and well-being related, for the highs and lows of life, training and chasing goals. This podcast is designed to keep you motivated and enthusiastic on your journey to health and happiness. Every time I run, I discover something new about me and about life, be it a reason why I run or a discovery of myself. I genuinely find gratitude through running. I am able to stay healthy and fit through the execution of my passion, but furthermore, I am able to achieve peace, presence, growth and discovery. And I love to hear all your stories on how running has changed your lives and what it's brought to you. I want to connect like-minded people through the power of podcast. And welcome back to Not Another Runner podcast. Today, I of course introduce to you all another runner, and it is none other than Nick Bester. A runner and run coach, Nick is originally from South Africa and moved to London four years ago. He has been running since 2010 and worked within the corporate world for 10 years and then just recently became a run coach. Um, Today, Nick shares with us lots of great tips, advice for runners, what he has found has worked, what inspired him to start running and why he runs on his hashtag why I run. He also shares with us to what he attributes his great improvement in his running and it's probably not what you think it is. Um, He has also shared today about his comrade's experience and that was really great to hear from him Um, and we also speak of his sub 230 marathon and specifically then his most recent marathon PB just the other weekend um, where he ran 2 hours 28.35. This conversation honestly guys I took away so much from it and it really did motivate and inspire me and it was really an uplifting conversation. I'm so grateful to Nick for his time. Um, He's just such a kind and generous person and and, and the conversation was just honestly as I say very uplifting so yeah I am so grateful Nick thank you for your time um, and allowing me to be able to share your story with everyone please let us know if you're listening do tag online and add Nick and myself into that post so that we can see that you're listening and see what you're up to whilst you are listening to this episode and I will speak to you all soon Hello and welcome to Not Another Runner podcast and today I introduce to you all Nick Bester. Welcome to the show Nick, how are you doing? Me on your show. Oh, you are very, very welcome. I'm so excited to catch up, especially given that we are just a couple of days after your big marathon success on the weekend. How are you doing? Are you recovering okay? Indeed, yeah. Um, well, yeah, it was only about what three days ago today so it's always that after a marathon you either you get post-marathon depression or or you're still on a bit of a runner's high and i think i'm still on that runner's high phase i know um when i went for for an easy recovery jog today um mid jog i just started smiling and then i was like actually it was was such a cool day it was such such a nice day in Battersea, great achievement so so yeah i'm pretty much still buzzing from from the race on the weekend Oh, that's good. So really, it's perfect timing for us to to catch up and have a chat because you are still on that runner's high. Exactly, exactly. 
I'm going to ride the wave while it lasts. <laughs> um, yeah. like, like I said, I know, I'm, I'm sure you can relate as well. Often you look forward to an event and um, when it goes really well, it's it's amazing for the first few days. And then, you know, a few days later, you're like, oh, I need to book something else. I need to get something else in the diary. You sort of it drops you down low. So so mm-hmm. I'm still buzzing. Um, so it doesn't, it doesn't need a great time to catch up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you do find that, don't you? Like you say, on on a runner's high, and then you're soon looking at the next challenge. It's like we 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 put so much work into achieving a goal that we enjoy that process. It's it's then we achieve it, and it's like right, okay, what's next? It's got you got to keep going and keep going. It's like that's, never that's truly exactly satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. I know, look, I've done I've done quite a few races now, so I'm sort of more prepared for it. But I remember when I did my first race and, and in particular my first comrades marathon um it was such a good build-up and i was just i couldn't wait it was the only thing on my mind for months and months um it got to the day and and thankfully the day went well and after that i was like what next you know <laughs> um mm-hmm. and i did the typical thing like book, book a race as soon as possible to get something next in the diary but it is a strange thing that but i definitely don't have that feeling at the moment yeah good good so if you could just introduce yourself then, Nick, and just tell us a little bit more about yourself and perhaps something that we might not already know about you. Okay, cool. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm Nick Bester. Um, I'm originally from South Africa. So I, I got into my running back in South Africa. I then moved across to London um, just under four years ago. And, <clears throat> yeah, I've continued running pretty much through. Something that you, you wouldn't know about me necessarily is that I was in the corporate world for 10 years. So I worked at a bank um, in South Africa and actually the same bank here in London. Um, and I've always I've always had a huge passion for running. I've been a very keen runner. Um, I've loved helping other runners improve. And yeah, just, just recently within the last sort of six months or so, um, I took a leap of faith and I left the corporate world and and I'm doing doing what I love and I'm able to pursue my passion. So I'm a full-time runner and running coach at the moment. Um, so my life's completely changed in the last six months. Um, still still really sort of like getting used to the new life. Um, but it's been an exciting journey and I'm, I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. So so that's probably something that, that not a lot of, of other runners knew about me. I think a lot of people meet me um, at races or, or out running or, you know, through social media and they just assume, you know, I've, I've been doing running coaching and, and running my whole life, but it's actually relatively newish thing for me. Um, but definitely what I love most in life and, and, um, what I'm going to be doing going forward. So did I hear that right? You, you literally only six months ago gave up that, that job to, to pursue coaching full time. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, let me tell you a little bit about how I got into it, actually. So um, I was, I've always been a very keen runner, and I worked at a corporate where a lot of the runners actually get uh, do London Marathon. So so the company got about 40 entries a year for, for runners to do the London Marathon. Um, word spread around the company that I was, was quite a keen runner. Um, and it went from there, and I, I helped one or two people. Um, they, they were, they were trying to like download generic training programs online. Um, they told me, you know, what, what they were doing. And I sort of, you know, I had quite a lot of experience at the time, having done quite a few marathons. So I, I gave them a bit of structure and, you know, I said, you know, this might work better for you. I don't know if this is working well for you here. Do this. This is what your long run should look like. And, um, it was actually one person in particular 
and she followed like what I gave her to the T and um, she ended up doing like quite a big PB at, at that London Marathon. So she then was like, okay, listen, um, I want to get a running coach, but you know, I really trust what you've given me. Please, can you, you write me programs? And I was like, okay, of course I'll write you programs. You know, you're my, you're my colleague, you're my friend. Um, and she was like, you know, well, how much are you going to charge for that? So I said, there's no ways I'm going to charge you. <laughs> it's, it's helping a friend. I'm, I'm just helping you improve. Um, and then, yeah, a few months later, she was running better than ever before. And she, uh, she told one of her friends. Um, and then I helped her friend and, and she improved. And then I guess that's how it started. And, and they told another person. And then next thing I was helping about, say, six or seven runners. Um, just, you know, just giving them structure to their training. And I was just doing it on, on Excel spreadsheets. Um, and they were all actually started to, to improve at, at a much faster rate than before. Um, so it got me thinking and I was like, okay, it's now getting really busy. Um, I got to about helping about eight people or so. Um, <clears throat> so I was like, okay, I need to make this official. So I registered, um, just a little best uh, limited, my coaching company. And that was, just under a year ago <laughs> so it's gone really quickly and um i was i was still in the corporate world so i had my i was i was banker um a mortgage banker so i was working corporate hours um i was trying to trying to train for for my marathons and, and keep my training up and then i was also doing the coaching um on the side so it then got to a stage that it got busier and busier and i guess in the back of my mind i was hoping to one day eventually get to you know enough clients that um that i'd be able to to do it full time because it's what i really love you know and yeah eventually um or well, not eventually it got to that stage a lot quicker than i thought um probably about five months later after going live with it i had around 30 clients and and it was no longer a part-time job so um i couldn't really commit full-time to my corporate job um, and if I did, I was neglecting the running coaching side of things. But if I focused on the running coaching side of things, I was neglecting the corporate job. So I just thought, you know, if it's grown so much in this short space of time and, and these runners are doing well and I'm helping them and it's what I love doing, let me sort of take the leap of faith and go full time into it. So I did that six months ago and I haven't looked back since. Um, thankfully, you know, um, through everything, the, the coaching business has grown. We've got such a nice group of runners. Um, as, as part of our group and yeah it's extremely motivating for me seeing them do, do better and, and this is evident by by the way that i'm running better now at the moment so so that's pretty much the story of my journey so far do you know that is such a fascinating story to hear that you were actually coaching before you really gave it a go if that makes sense like it kind of just happened as you were you know training and helping your colleagues um <laughs> Did yeah, you... I suppose that's that's the beauty of it. I mean, it was always almost like a calling. Um, yeah. That, yeah, I was, I was, I was doing. I mean, I was doing well in my corporate role, but I wasn't really passionate about it. Um, mm. And when I started coaching, I think when when runners around me started doing well, and I realized, you know, um, um, they they're getting a structure and a formula that's working for them, um, and and other runners around them saw them improved and they were improving and they were like, you know, we'd love to maybe give this a shot, be part of the group. Um, and yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just grown from there. And, and now that I'm, I'm doing it full time, I've obviously got a lot more time and effort to put into it. 
Um, so like I said, it's, it's really at a good place now. I'm really enjoying it. I, I love what I do on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm, I'm blessed that I, I can. And um, I feel like it's still the start. So so we'll see. I mean, like I said, I've been I've been doing coaching now officially only for about 10 months or so. Um, so it's still the start of the journey and I, I can't wait to see what, what lies ahead. It's funny, you said um, it was a bit like a calling, like it happened. It, yeah. was, it was a calling for you to, to, to coach others and to become a coach. Um, a little bit how I um, had read once in your blog um, online on your website about, you know, running and seeing runners, like running the sport became a bit of a call into you as well. Was there ever a point before this coaching just came along that you thought one day I'd like to be a coach when you took up the sport? Um, not really. Hey, when I when I took up the sports, I loved the feeling of of um how you feel after going for a run. I love that endorphin release and, and that run is high. And I love the feeling of trying to get better and trying to improve. Um, and obviously, I mean, I, I know it doesn't last forever. You there's going to be time where you can't improve. But I just really still thrive on that feeling that knowing you can still do better. Um. And I think for me, it was very rewarding and, and is still very rewarding being able to improve and, and beat your pastimes. But what's even more rewarding is um, helping someone that has been trying for years and years and has sort of like been at that level and, and maybe making slight improvements. Um, you then coming into, into their running career and just putting like a bit more structure in place and, and giving them a formula that works perfectly for them. And seeing the satisfaction that it gives them, and I mean, I can vouch for that firsthand after this race on the weekend. Um, so many runners that I'm working with were able to do PBs, and that feeling for me, yeah, um, yeah I suppose, is better than than any feeling I get from from a PB. So yeah, it's, it's a very very rewarding job, I must say. Yeah, I can I can imagine that, and it's it is something I'd love um, love to do in in the future. Um, but obviously with being injured for a year now that's put a stop to um those plans and obviously also because of covid because the um the course was halted at one point um so yeah it's really nice hearing someone who is doing just that exactly what i want to do in the future and really really enjoying it and yeah you know having a very positive experience from it so yeah it's really great to hear that um you did say about running and how you love it and you love the runners high what are the other reasons that you run nick like what is your as i ask every guest your hashtag why i run okay cool so before i i get into that i just want to say that's really awesome that you do want to get into coaching um and when you do let's definitely let's have a coffee catch up and and i can give you a little bit of tips and advice on, on how like the journey was when I started and, and things I've learned, so I'm sure that, that can help you. Um, but the reasons why I run, um, so there's there's quite a few. I think the first thing for me um, is that um, running sort of is my therapy. So I turn to running a lot of the times when um, I know it's been, let's say, a busy and, and hectic day and I just want to clear my mind. Um, you know, some people tend to talk about their issues. Um, I'm, I'm actually quite a close person and I find that when I run and I just have that alone time, it's just it, it, like, just puts me in such a good um, headspace and, and it really is my therapy. So that's, that's one of the reasons why I run. Another reason I would say um, 
is because um, of the physical benefits it gives to you. So I love the feeling of being fit. Um, I've never, ever been good with um, a disciplined diet before. <laughs> I've tried and it, it just doesn't really work. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not really disciplined enough for that. So I find, you know, that I'm, if I'm out there burning calories, doing what I love, I'm, I'm allowed to actually have a few cheat meals and, and, and thankfully, you know, not, not get too out of shape. Um, another reason, big reason why I run um, is to meet new people. I've met some incredible people through running. And it's allowed me to travel to some amazing places. I mean, I was I did Berlin Marathon last year. Um, I'm targeting you know some international marathons when they when they go ahead again. Um, so it's an amazing way to travel. I guess the main thing for when you do travel to uh, like a little bit of advice to other runners out there is get your race done early on in the holiday. <laughs> um, I've made the mistake of of like going on a holiday and having the race at the end of of the two weeks. Um, while I was on holiday and you sort of wait around for two weeks for your race to come. So rather go there, get your race done, and then you can enjoy, enjoy the holiday to the max. Um, and then the last reason why I run, uh, I mean, there's many more, but one of the last big reasons why I run um, is simply for that feeling that it gives you afterwards, that endorphin release. Um, often I, I, I don't, I mean, I don't always love running and it's not always enjoyable, but one thing I can guarantee you is that like, you always thank yourself for it afterwards and you always feel so good for doing it afterwards. So, um, you know, there's runs where you sit around the whole day dreading the fact that you need to do a heel session in the evening and it's cold and winter and dark and, you know, you just don't know how you're going to get out the door and you're tired. Um, when you get back from those runs, that's those are the ones you tend to feel the best about for some reason. So, mm. so yeah, that, that endorphin release it gives you. Um, and, and runner's heart gives you, it's just unbelievable. I mean, I do a lot of other sports. I, I cycle quite a bit. I swim quite a bit. Um, but I find for me personally, um, nothing gives you that, that endorphin release and that runner's high like running does. So those are probably my main reasons why I run. Love those reasons. And a lot of the reasons why I absolutely love running and my reasons for running and probably why I find it hard now because I haven't got that. Like you said initially, one of the first reasons you said was the that it's like therapy. It's like you go out and, you know, rather than talking, you, you can go out, go for a run and really do lift your mood or, you know, work through and just get that great feeling afterwards and feel a little bit more, you know, energized. Um, definitely like missing that like mad these last yeah, yeah, no, very patient. Yeah. <laughs> Shame, oh man, it's gonna. You know what? It's always better when you when you make your return from injury. You're just so grateful to be out there doing what you love. So trust me, it'll be even better for you when you come back. But um, quite a funny point. A lot of a lot of people um, and a lot of non-runners ask. They're like, how can you go for sort of like a 15 or 20 kilometer run? Um, and not speak to anyone and not run with music. Um, but that's exactly it. You sort of you just get into that runner's zone, you know, and it's mm. almost like you, you hypnotize or in a bit of a trance. Um, next thing you've done 20 Ks um, and, and it just it clears the head, you know. So so I know, especially in the beginning, I mean, a couple, like a 3K run in the beginning can feel like ages, but the more you do it, the easier it gets and the easier it gets, the more you enjoy it. Yeah, and it is good. I think it's a really good exercise to, um, to, to as you say, you know, running without anyone and without any music I think sometimes we it's it's good for us to go and do that and put the leave the phone behind um if you can if you go if you can run somewhere safe um and not 
have your music just listen to what what your surroundings you know whether that's the wind the um you know the birds the the rustle of the trees and just really focus on on what you're doing and and, you know obtain a bit of a, a meditative state through your through that running zone as you were just saying um you were and also the other thing I wanted to ask you were saying about how um you know despite sometimes dreading the running or not enjoying running as you as you were saying and mm-hmm. going out for like a hill session you'll always feel better for it it's like that you never regret going but you always regret not going so my question to you is what do you do to encourage yourself to get up and get going when you've got like lacking motivation <laughs> um it's funny that you mentioned it's like it's always one session that sticks out for me the most is um I, I do every second thursday i normally do one thursday tempo and one thursday heel repeats and it's that heel repeat session in winter on a dark cold evening here um obviously coming from south africa it's nice warm and, and sunny and so it's very different running in in the cold and dark here um and um i sort of like on that on that thursday i just dread the whole day i'm just like tired and and i know that i've got to try and get this done um i I suppose two things help me get it done the first thing is is knowing that um it needs to be done for me to achieve what i want to achieve um and the feeling that you get from achieving what you want to achieve is is better than anything so i know it'll be worth it um so that's that's my motivation that's the one reason and then the other reason like i said earlier is that i just think about that feeling you get afterwards i think okay cool i'm lying on the couch now i'm going to be lying on the couch in an hour and a half's time and i will be the happiest person in london if i just get out there and i just do my heel repeats um and then that's exactly it as soon as you leave the door and as soon as you're one kilometer in you forget like being so lethargic on the couch and dreading it um so but i mean it's it isn't it isn't easy and i'm sure a lot of people can relate you know when it's in the back of your mind and you're tired and you, you know you think oh i could just easily get a takeaway and, and watch a series rather than go and get it done but i mean you can do that after you do your run you know you always you always thank yourself for it afterwards that's such a good point you can do it after you've done your run and and mm-hmm. it's it's having that reason as to as to why you're running i mean we can all have our reasons in that we have the great feeling that we have after running or it gives us a therapeutic um um like medicine or it you know it, it allows us to switch off but we, perhaps sometimes we also need a, an additional reason like um and that reason could be a goal a specific goal that is time bound or um a distance bound that we're working towards so unless we've got a really big enough reason or a big enough goal to strive towards it's very difficult then to motivate ourselves to get up and get going especially in these upcoming winter months where it's rain and dark and we've got a hill session um that brought back lots of memories to marathon training back in winter 2018 you obviously coach a lot of athletes at the moment nick and you're trying to you know in recent months will have been difficult to perhaps I'm assuming here but may have been difficult at times to help encourage them to remain motivated so I just wanted to know what sort of tips and advice you would offer to runners for the current environment that we've been in and obviously not knowing when the next races will go ahead Uh, and as we approach an autumn and winter that is obviously going to be very different to those we've had in the most previous years 
Um, it can be quite difficult for runners and athletes working towards a goal and trying to remain motivated towards that goal. Definitely. Um, no, it has. It's been a big, big part of, of, um, of I suppose, my coaching at the moment um, for me personally and for my clients. So, like I said before, um, often, you know, when, when you've got races coming thick and fast, it's easy to stay motivated. You, you have a good race this weekend. You have a bad race next weekend. You have another good race. Um, so it's fine. They come thick and fast. And, and when you have those races in the diary, um, often that's exactly, um, the motivation you need. So if you don't have anything in the diary, um, those sessions that you, you're unsure of doing, generally you probably will end up skipping those. Um, so with races being so few and far between at the moment, um, I did, I actually um, started a thing called, uh, well, I started a virtual race series. Um, and this was at the start of lockdown when, when nothing was going ahead. So it was um, about four weeks of, of different races. So it started with a 5K and 10K, a one mile, and then a choice of like a 5K, 10K half marathon or, you know, whatever choice you wanted to do in the last race. Um, and I just found that that helped keep so many runners motivated and including myself. So every week um, I went to Battersea and I did my 5K. It was a solo time trial. At that stage, you couldn't really run with anyone else. Um, and to add like a little bit of extra motivation on top of that, I would set time targets for everyone. So there were probably about 50 people taking part in the virtual race series. Um, and let's say you you were running and you weren't injured and you, you, you your 5K time, for example, was 30 minutes. I would maybe set your target of 29 minutes and 30 seconds. Um, and then that's, it, it really, like the point of that was just to, you know, to push you to your boundaries. If you hit your target, I would then make the next week a little bit harder. Um, and then the next week a little bit harder until eventually, you know, you weren't going to hit your targets, but you were, it was, it was like causing you to improve and, and really pushing you to, to your max and, and seeing how much you can improve personally. So it was incredible to see so many runners actually hit PBs doing solo efforts throughout this virtual race series just because they wanted to to try and get the targets that I was setting for them. Um, I was obviously setting myself targets, which were quite bold. So I, I got very few targets. Um, I probably got, I think, I mean, there were eight weeks in total. So I think I only got one in eight. But one thing it did help me do is remain motivated. And it really helped me to, to just strive to improve. And, and I, I was setting targets that I knew I was just incapable of. So I'd have to have the actual, like the absolute perfect day to get there. Um, and every time I got a bit closer and that, that really helped with motivation. And then we took a bit of a break from that, um, hoping that races would go ahead. And, and a lot of them, obviously, I mean, <laughs> like in the running world, we were all hopeful that this one would go ahead and then like it would get canceled within a week before. And then the next one would get canceled the week before. So what I did, um, when I found out that, that the London Marathon was elite only, is that I, I actually just created my own race. So I, I called it Give It Your Bester. Um, a little bit cheesy, I know, but it was it was quite nice. And, and I mean, at the end, there were quite a lot of participants. Um, that's that's the race that I did actually this past weekend. And that was, um, we had something to build up and, and had in the diary. So I knew um, that I always wanted to do London Marathon. I mean, to me, it's the, the best race in most incredible marathon in the world um and when it was cancelled i thought you know what i've trained for this marathon um i've really looked forward to it mentally i'm up for a marathon physically i'm up for a marathon why not still do a marathon 
So I created this event. Um, and a lot of runners had this, that same mindset. They thought, okay, well, just because the marathon's canceled doesn't mean I'm not going to run one. Um, and a lot of people ended up doing the virtual under marathon as well. And a lot of people, you know, did their own 5K, 10K, half marathon. So, so that was what happened this past weekend. So that was really, really nice to, to help stay motivated. And already since then, I think quite a few people have said, please can I organize another one? You know, so, so like we said, it's always having that, that, um, events in the diary that does keep you motivated. So, um, thankfully there were, there were some, some really awesome sponsors. So the race pack came out quite nicely. There was obviously a race t-shirt and a post race medal. So, so even though, um, we, we did it from all over the world, a lot of people actually joined in back to see for it. Um, but we all sort of like had that race vibe and feel to it that we haven't had for so long. So that was something to, to really look forward to. Um, and then as far as my best, as yeah, my best tips go to, to runners in the current environment. Um, obviously it's not easy for anyone at the moment. Um, and I think one thing is to try and have something in your diary. So whether it's you set a personal target of trying to do 5Ks in under 30 minutes, for example, in a month's time, that always helps you, you know, strive to be better and get out the door and get your run done. Um, so that, that would be my first tip is to, to try and get something in the diary, if not a race, um, at least your own personal goal. Um, another thing is, I mean, I, I start each day with what I call a morning routine. So it's a 10 to 15 minutes routine on stretching, strength, core, and, and foam rolling. Um, I do have, have a little video that, that if anyone would like, they can access it on my website. Um, but that's just, it's a really nice way to start the day. It's, it's a, a mentally and physically easier session. Um, it's it sort of, I look at it as bringing energy into your body. You know, running, running can be relentless sometimes. It can be grueling. It's, it's not always easy. It can be very hard. So I find that this morning routine, um, just really, you know, rejuvenates you and, and starts your day the right way, the day you, you, the way you should start your day. Um, and then another thing that I've been doing um, over the past few months is uh, home yoga. So I've been doing YouTube yoga, um, in particular yoga with Adrian and yoga with Tim. They're quite nice ones to follow. Um, I find that they have a 30-day program. And, and as a runner, particularly, it's always nice to follow a bit of structure. So so day one through to 30 is, is really, really quite good. Um, and then, yeah, the last two things, I think one thing I would say is, is to just add a bit of structure to your training. So instead of doing, you know, the same loop at the same time, at the same pace, um, you know, rather try and do, like we said earlier, some hill repeats, maybe some tempo running, maybe a little bit of solid time trial. That way you, you'll, you'll improve a lot, lot, much quicker rate. Um, and then the last thing is that, um, I would say, you know, now that a lot of us are, are at home more often, I think, and this applies to me, I mean, I'm a victim of my own crime here, is that I would say you should stock up on, on healthier food in your fridge um, and just reduce the amount of treats you have at home. I mean, before I would maybe um, like have a few few treats in the office and I know I can binge on treats quite badly, but at home, if there's a packet of hobnobs in my cupboard, I will eat it. So I try and just, and minimize the treats that I have at home. Um, and that just helps me, me keep things a bit healthier. And, you know, I thank myself for it, I suppose, when, when races come along and I'm able to, to do PVs. That's great advice you've given. You've given a lot of advice this evening. Um, 
one thing I wanted to ask, um, and obviously I know people listening now, and even myself, we're dying to hear about the the marathon on Sunday, and we will we will come to it, guys. I'm not not going to ask, um, but you mentioned a morning routine. Um, so for you, what what does that entail altogether because I find this interesting now recently I've come out of my morning routine and I am an advocate for a great morning routine mine used to involve getting up um, making a herbal tea so whether that's peppermint or a fruit tea or a glass of water and lemon if it was in the summer um, just to so that the first thing you're drinking is not caffeine a lot of people will get up and the first thing they have is a cup of tea or a cup of coffee but I like to hydrate first um, and then I would either go for a walk because obviously be, you know can't run at the moment um, and if it wasn't a walk it would be a yoga at home and then follow either or with a um, just a little bit of meditation and even if that was two or five minutes it was two or five minutes more than I hadn't done if that makes sense so it didn't matter how long or how short it was a bit of meditation followed followed up from exercise I found was a, a, a brilliant way to start my day and I definitely always felt better for it and I've come out of the pattern since being on leave and being away and I need to get back to it because I know I know it'll do my, my mental health the world of good so just want to know what, what you do what do you do exactly in the morning oh so that's a great um routine that you follow i might give it a try actually just listening to you to you describe it um relaxes me as is so mm-hmm. definitely an important like it's important to start start the day on the right note um and it sounds like you were doing that i know when you go on a holiday you tend to break out of routine and it takes a while to get back in um so hopefully you'll be able to get back into routine but um, my routine, I guess, I wake up and I'm naughty. I have an espresso. Um, so I do start my, my day with caffeine, which I probably shouldn't. Um, but I'm, I'm used to it now and I need it to get out of bed. Um, after that, straight away, actually, after that, um, I put my yoga mat down. And I do – so when I first got into running, um, and I'm glad you touched, touched base on this point, um, when I was training for Comrades um, back when I still lived in South Africa – all I used to do was I just ran. I didn't stretch. I didn't foam roll. I didn't do any strength. I literally did nothing except run. And I ran and I stopped. And the next day I would run and, and that was it. Um, and then I found since found, um, you know, a lot of people ask, how, how have you been able to go from sort of like a three-hour marathon to, to where I am now? And I think I put a lot of it down to this morning routine. Um, honestly, it's just helped so much. So like I said, I put my yoga mat down. I then do um, a series of stretching um, initially. So I stretch mainly the, the hamstrings, the quads, and the calves. I find those are the three main muscle areas of mine that, and, and most runners that, that get very tight. Um, from there, so I, I spend a good five minutes stretching. I then do, and it's only five minutes of core work every day, and that's it. So I do um, a series of like bridging, um, I do some jackknives, some ab crunches, you know, just the usual. Um, so nothing too extreme. And and it's sort of like just reps of 10. So so not big sessions. From there, um, my strength work, all I do um, is 12 jump squats, 12 jump lunges, and 20 calf raises on each leg. So that's actually all the, basically all the strength I do on my legs. Um, but I do it every single day. And I find that, by doing just those little bits every day, it's so much more beneficial and effective for me 
as a runner rather than going to the gym and doing like 30 or 40 minutes of straight legs where I'm leg pressing heavy weights and squatting heavy weights. I just find that, first of all, that's mentally quite tough um, and running is tough as is. So so uh, obviously I, I don't want it to be tough all the time. And secondly, it just leaves my legs so stiff that, that I can't hit like my track session times or, or tempo times and stuff. So I'm all for doing little bits every day um, that go a long way in the end. And yeah, not a day goes past where I don't miss this morning routine. I actually did it um, the day of the marathon and the day after the marathon. So it's just something that in the beginning, um, it was really, it, it wasn't easy in the beginning and um, it took a while. But once I got into it, it's sort of like, my day isn't made without me doing my morning routine. And it doesn't feel like effort. It just feels like, you know, boiling the kettle. It feels like it's routine. Um, and I do it every morning. And I just find, you know, with, with running and doing big mileage weeks, your 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 body and your muscles get so tight um, that your, your stride length starts shortening. And it's just really so good to just keep your muscles active and loose and flexible. Um, and that's why I add the foam rolling and, and extra stretching and on top of that. So um, that's probably, I mean, between that and I would say maybe not missing um, certain sessions like Track Tuesday, I would say that's probably the biggest thing that's helped me improve as a runner um, during the morning routine every single day. It's a tiny thing that goes such a long way. So something that I'll definitely um, continue to do going forward. And obviously, I mean, each run is different. So we all have different strengths and weaknesses. So you know, you might find that you might want to add in a few extra bits into your morning routine that, that sort of will help you, especially, you know, um, areas you need to focus on to, to overcome your injury. And that's fine. You just add those in um, and you do that every morning and, and you thank yourself for it afterwards. I find, you know, when I do sort of go on a holiday and I do skip doing this routine, um, I come back and I've got niggles in places that I didn't even know existed, you know. So it just shows you how beneficial it actually is. And it's something that I, I'm really glad I do and something that I promote um, for my clients to do. And and I suppose a lot of other runners out there, it's a small thing that goes a long way. Yeah, I'm so glad that we've touched on that and that you've explained, you know, what your morning routine is and also what your what your strength routine currently um, includes. I think a lot of people um, or a lot of runners sometimes feel or think that the strength routine has, you know, got to include heavy weights and lots of reps and um you know at least two big sessions a week but you've you've just proved that um you know get you know the routine that you're doing which has helped you and also helped you improve it, it can go a long way by doing less um a little less but more often if that makes sense um and one hack i took away before from from an ultra runner was incorporating um, strength and stretching and mobility into your daily life which is exactly what you've done by creating that morning habit that now um, you know you don't question it because it's so indoctrined into your daily routine of getting up and you know incorporating it with with your morning coffee that there's no question about it you just do it Um there was um, Salim um, who who does a few leg exercises when she puts her socks and shoes on every single day because she does that every day. So it's a little hack of just incorporating that strength into the daily routine and also a couple of exercises whilst brushing your teeth, for example. Um, so yeah, definitely going to get back to, to the morning routine soon. Um, and I will admit 
to you, Nick, because you did say about your morning coffee. I have been recently having a cup of tea or a cup of coffee first thing, um, again, because I'm out of my regime. So <laughs> well, I don't want you to feel that. bad. I feel that that does on, on your shoulders, so you got that off your shoulders now. <laughs> I had to, because as you said that you had your espresso first thing, I thought, hang on a minute, let me hold my hand up and just say, the last few weeks I've been going for a cup of tea. So, um, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, but just, just to follow on from that, um, like you said, it's, it's good to do it when you brush your teeth and stuff. I mean, I, I actually stretch every time I get in the shower, I just do sort of like my calves, quads and, and hamstrings. Um, and I did a run in Battersea the other day and I was warming up and um, this elderly gentleman came past me and, and he looked at me and, and I was doing my stretching before my race and he was like, my word, you're flexible young man. And I just thought, and I was like, that makes every single time that I've stretched in the shower worth it for that point because yeah. I've never been called flexible. And I think a part of the reason why I do this this routine is I went to a yoga class um, well, prior to doing this routine and um, we sort of sat with our legs crossed and I think my legs, my knees were by my shoulders and, um, you know, everyone's legs were, were down perfectly and <laughs> my hips were so tight, they literally just couldn't go down anymore. And I thought, you know what? This is, I know I've, I've, I run a lot more than other people in this class. But this is not normal and I need to sort this out. So, so yeah, I'm still not quite there, but it's constantly a work in progress. Yeah, yeah. And for anyone listening, if you want to take up a new, you know, a little um, something as part of your daily routine, they do say even if you practice something for 30 days, you've then created that habit and you're more inclined then to continue um, with that healthy habit. So, yes, 30 days um, and then you could be getting up and doing it every morning, just as Nick does as his part of his daily routine. Perfect. Cool. I completely agree with you. Um, yeah, I've probably been doing it for about 330 days, maybe a bit more. Um, and I can just about touch my toes. So, so we'll see. We'll see what the next 330 days brings. Hopefully, I'll be able to touch the floor. Who knows? That's brilliant. So three. That is dedication. So well done to you. 330 days. You know, that's almost a year. Um, right. So we're going to come on to the important bit now. You have said about how you think your morning routine has really helped you in the improvements you've made in running this, you know, these last few months. And also those time trials that you did during lockdown as, as a way to remain motivated and, you know, challenge yourself, but also holding yourself accountable to your track sessions on a Tuesday. Um, so let us come on to the big news of the, the weekend just gone and your amazing um, personal best that you got in the marathon um, and your story behind breaking 2.30 because I've been excited to talk with you about this. How did how did Sunday go? Firstly, were you really nervous? Did you know you could do it? Um, and you know, how did it feel afterwards? Yeah, thanks so much. Um, I've still got a smile on my face, so clearly I am still buzzing. Um, so so Sunday went went really well, actually. First of all, um, was I nervous? I was very nervous. Um. I suppose I was nervous in a different way. Um, I always get nervous before a big race. So let's say like a, a London marathon or a Berlin marathon. Um, you know, it's just a massive occasion. So I get quite nervous. For this race, I was nervous in a different way because I knew it was a solo effort. So I knew 100% that I was in shape to break 2.30 um, or to, to do another sub 2.30. Um, but I was 
nervous because I knew that there wouldn't be groups that I could run with. Um, when you have a big marathon, you, you sort of slot into a group, you work with each other. One person runs ahead, you know, the next person takes over. Um, there's people around you. There's a there's a crazy amount of supporters. And there's a vibe going. Your adrenaline's going. There's bands playing. Um, and I live for that. So that that makes a big difference. Um, thankfully, there was a great vibe in Battersea. But I was nervous from the point of view that I didn't know if I would be able to to hang in there solo. Um, and I was also nervous that the weather wouldn't play play ball um, and that would make it even you know a little bit tricky but I knew that I'd done the training and I knew I was in shape to to do a PB um, so yeah I guess um, the week building up to the week I was feeling really good and the nerves kicked in probably on about Thursday the race was on Sunday um, and that's when I, I started carb loading the, the Friday and Saturday and I I sort of had like a few extra carbs because I was quite nervous. You, you know, you never know how, how much you're going to burn in a marathon. So you always have that extra little bowl of pasta or extra few sweet potato fries or whatever the case is. Um, and then, yeah, the, the morning came. Um, and I mean, the conditions were pretty horrific on, on Sunday, as I'm sure you saw for everybody. Um, and I was just, I was thinking, you know, I'm, I'm definitely in shape to do it. Um, I just, it's, it's just going to be a bit harder. So, um, I'm, I've tried to just remain as positive as possible, and you know, just, just block it up my mind. Um, and then, yeah, there was a group, um, probably of about twelve or thirteen of us doing the marathon. So, uh, I gave us a little countdown at the start, and then it was fifteen point two laps of Battersea Park. Um, and you know, a lot of people are like, how on earth did you do 15 laps? Like surely that was mind numbing. And honestly, that didn't even play the slightest part. Um, I was just, I got into the zone and I suppose I was mentally prepared for it. And the one, the, the thing that helps a lot is knowing that the elites were what five Ks away and they were doing 19.6 laps. So I thought, you know what, if they can do 19.6, we can definitely do 15.2. And I think that's how everyone else felt, felt doing the marathon um, there as well. So, so yeah, there was a good vibe at the start. I mean, we were all nervous. We were all making each other nervous, as you do. But nerves are great. Um, I find that, especially for me, I, don't, I think if I wasn't nervous, it would be a problem. Um, because I find those nerves gives me a, like a bit of adrenaline. And as long as I can control that adrenaline and channel it in the right way, then um, it goes a really long way in a marathon. Um, so, so, yeah, so I started, I ran... Um, with my my watch, um, and I ran with my wife Taryn's watch as well. So I had an Apple Watch and a Garmin watch, um, and then I actually got the the course officially measured <laughs> with a measuring stick. So I know in Battersea, you know, you can never quite count on, on the GPS. It's pretty dodgy um, as you go around the park. So I thought that's the last thing I want. You know, I, I can't rely completely on this GPS. So thank goodness I actually measured it because the watches were were a bit out. Um, which sort of, um, yeah, messed me up a bit halfway as well. So, um, I had, I, I had my one friend cycling next to me, um, because I, I IG lived certain sections of it. Um, so, so he, he was on a bike next to me. So at least there was someone, uh, he was on the bike next to me most of the way. So, um, even though I wasn't running with anyone, it was nice to just, you know, have someone there for, for peace of mind. Um, and then, I got into it. I felt, I mean, you know, after doing big weeks in the build-up and having tapered quite nicely, I felt really, really, really fresh at the beginning. Um, but I kept it controlled. So 
the plan was always to go through halfway um, in 75 minutes. And that would give me a 230 marathon if I had to do equal splits. My PB um, before this was 229.50. And I really, really wanted to do a PB. Um, so I, I just wanted to go under 229.50. So I found that at halfway, um, I went through at 75.17. And if you double that, that gives you a 230 and 34 seconds. So I suppose... I, was, I felt really comfortable and I knew that negative splits were on the cards. But when I got to that halfway mark, it was a bit of like a, oh my word, okay. This is a little, you know, it wasn't too much, but it was enough to make me uncomfortable knowing that, okay, I need to do, you know, pretty decent negative splits to get my PB that, you know, I really want and I've, I've worked hard towards. Um, and then, yeah, but I, like I said, I felt really, really good at halfway and I knew it was on the cards. So I picked it up um from from halfway and you know the, the one beautiful thing about doing it in Battersea Park um is that there were so many other um teammates doing it there as well and you know we all ran at different speeds and and the beauty about this marathon was that we got to see each other you know some people two times some people three times some people four times throughout the route and I found that every time you know we passed each other it was just so motivational um, knowing that you're all going through the same pain together and have to hang in together. Um, so that was something really cool about this race that I would never get, you know, in a London or a Berlin um, because you run with the group. So you don't tend to see any other runners um, that are behind you. So so that helped, really helped um, me pick it up second half. I think another thing that, that helped as well was the fact that there were a lot of people doing the virtual London Marathon there. So, I mean, there were hundreds. So you could see them, and for some reason they were going mostly in the opposite direction to what we were going. So you, and a, a lap is only two point seven eight kilometers. So you're seeing everyone half like every person running in the opposite direction twice a lap basically, um, and that was really cool. And then like I would say every runner bought maybe two or three supporters, so there were just loads of supporters there as well. So it really did have a good race vibe to it, um, which helped. Then. That last 10Ks of the marathon came. Um, so, I mean, we all know that's a, a dark and scary place, the last 10Ks of a marathon, especially when you've when you've been giving it like a really good go. Um, and yeah, I, I looked at my watch and I was under 2.30 pace again. And I thought, okay, well, now it's a 10K race and all I've got to do, you know, is average 3.30 a kilometer and then I'll get a PB. And yeah, I was I was actually able to to pick it up even more. Um, I know the wind and the rain started coming down quite a bit worse, so it was it was strange. It was fluctuating. It didn't come from one side. So on one lap it would be from like let's say the left side, and the other lap it would come from the right side. One straight it was into you, that the next straight it was into you again, and then the next straight it was behind you. It was it was quite weird. Um, but yeah, I kept on thinking, thank goodness I'm running and I'm not on a bicycle next to me like my friend was because he was freezing. Um, so yeah, I thought, you know what? This is the 10Ks that I've been training for. Um, like I said, it's, it can be a dark place in a marathon that lasts 10. You, 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 know, you think you're prepared for it, but you never are quite. And I thought, well, let's put it to a test. And I really like opened up the tank. Um, I think I averaged... I was probably averaging maybe 3.33s for the first half. For the last 10, I think I averaged 3.22. Um, so I picked it up by 11 seconds a K. And next thing, it was about, yeah, it was two laps left. And then 
I remember looking and it, and it was one lap left. Um, and I knew that if I continued my pace, I would do a sub 229. Um, and I knew I could continue the pace. And I was like, okay, well, I've still actually got a bit left. And I, I even remember thinking, this is a bit strange. Like, it should feel harder than what it is, you know. Um, probably because I've gone out harder in marathons before and hit a bit of a ball and it's never a good place to hit a wall because, it, you know, it's so hard to come back from that. Thankfully, I didn't in this. So I was like, okay, now it's down to one lap and I, I gave it my all that last lap. Um, the support was incredible. Um, I had visioned like how I was going to do a finish. You know, I love the way Kipchoge finished his, his sub two hour marathon that inspired me and I'm sure it inspired a lot of other people. So every big race I do now, I just try and picture, you know, finishing as strong and with a smile on my face as him and, and like pointing to the crowds and stuff like he did. Um, and that was sort of like that vision got me through that last lap thinking, okay, I can do that on the final stretch when I do my PB. It's, you know, I've been training for this moment throughout. The whole of lockdown to this point and it's finally here so i suppose that last lap didn't even count it was like adrenaline all the way and yeah came in that that final bend um and there were tara my wife was there they were you know my, my best mates and his, his wife were there we were, there were actually quite a few friends um that came along as well so it's always it's always awesome to, to see them along the route and uh Put in a big finish and I, I finished and my, my time was 2.28.35. Um, so I was able to to break my, my current PB, which was 2.29.50 by what's at a minute and 15 seconds. And um, yeah, I think for me, the biggest takeaway was, um, well, two things was one that, you know, I was able to do my first half in 75.17. My second half was 73.18. So basically a two minute negative split. Um, and then the other big takeaway was just seeing how many other um, fellow runners managed to achieve PBs that day in conditions that were, you know, really, really, really tough and, and not ideal for PBs, as we saw in the elite race. Um, so, so yeah, I can, I, I still got that feeling of, of finishing um, in that final stretch. And uh, my legs are actually okay; they're fine. My feet are a little bit sore from running in those Nike Next Percent running shoes. And that that carbon fiber plate definitely takes it out on, on your body a little bit. Um, but apart from that, it was it was really cool. And, and like I said, I was nervous before because I knew I was in shape, but I didn't know if I could do it by myself. And I even remember Taryn, um, my wife, the morning of the marathon, she just said, "Okay, if you don't do it, you know, just don't be too hard on yourself. Don't be disappointed." So I think deep down inside, she believed that I could, but not solo and not on that day. Um, so yeah, it was nice to to really. I mean, the margins are quite fine. So I know you know I did it by a minute and a bit, but you know so many little things could have gone wrong. I suppose I could have got a bad stitch. You know I could have. So there's so many things. Um, so I was just really really grateful to be able to do that. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a new PB for me and it's, it's something that I'm really proud of and it's something that I know I can improve on. And that's, that's the biggest takeaway for me. I'm, I'm happy for where it is now, but I know, you know, in a big race with a group, with a good vibe and, you know, it's definitely, I can, can still go a lot quicker than that. So I'm looking forward to what the future brings. Um, but for now, you never know, ever know when the next PB is going to be. So I've, I've just been enjoying it and I, I um I mean the the conditions were horrific afterwards so 
I had a plan to, you know, stick around for drinks with everyone. We bought like some unhealthy treats and we all kind of just looked at each other and we were like, okay, let's rather go home and have a shower and, and coffee. And then uh, I had a nice pizza on Monday and I've been binging a little bit. So yeah, I've been enjoying the PB, um, but soon it'll be time to to train again and look forward to the next event. But that's the long and the short of it. And yeah, I was I was really happy to to do what I did. and. Um, I was really proud of so many other runners out there. And you know what the one special thing was, like, like I said earlier, is that um, London Marathon for me is the most incredible marathon um, purely because of the vibe um, of the half a million supporters and, you know, seeing the other runners out there is just incredible. So the fact that we couldn't do London Marathon was was quite sad, but I suppose the vibe at Battersea um you know, it was like a taster of it, which was just incredible to feel again. Um, mm. It's been a while, and, you know, I live for those moments. So um, hopefully, you know, next year things will be better and then we'll be able to all run in the, in the marathon again. But for now, I suppose that was the best possible result given the situation. Yes. You know? So, yes. so yeah, it's Definitely. And there's, you know, like you just said, the, the vibe and the atmosphere. And, you know, I think even I felt like it was, it was, a, you know, London Marathon, as you say, it's, it's an amazing event, um, an amazing marathon. And so many aspire to be able to run it. It is so difficult to, to attain a, um, a ballot place. So when you do, when you, when you do get through via the ballot, um, it feels all the more special, but um, I didn't think before Sunday, I didn't think, you know, this event is going to be really special. I don't think I'd thought much of it, especially given, you know, being injured and being a little bit out of the loop with running, training, etc. But I do think that Sunday just gone and the virtual London Marathon and how the how they were able to still hold, you know, some form of event is definitely going to go down as one to remember, despite everyone not being able to run together. It was definitely a special event that, you know, lots of runners will look back on and, and remember, um, given the very difficult year that we've all been through together. Um, it was nice knowing that so many runners were out there Sunday, despite the awful conditions and running solo in many cases can't have been easy. And as I was going to say to you, Nick, um, you know, to go out and run a marathon when you are solo and not under normal race conditions where you've got the crowds, you've got the the water on course, aid stations and, and everything else that, that, you know, motivates and pushes you along the course to, to run and to run the distance has got to be a tougher, tougher battle to get through. Um, as I've heard many other runners have said, you know, Sunday really did challenge their mindset and their resilience an ability to push through as it must have done for yourself, especially as you worked forwards towards that personal best. Um, and then, you know, throw in the weather as well. Awful, awful weather, really cold and the, the torrential rain and everything else that comes with it. Yeah. You, you know, it makes everyone's exactly achievement even more, the, even more the special and amazing, really. Was there at all a point where you doubted yourself whilst you were running on the day? Um, so, yeah, actually, now that you talk about it, I mean, it does, like, it's still fresh in my mind, but I am going through the motions still. Um, it was definitely mentally a lot harder than physically. Um, it was just, I mean, there's, the, I think the real feel for the weather was, I think, between four and six degrees, um, and it, it poured and the wind was coming in from all angles, so... 
it was a uh, yeah it was not the most enjoyable i mean i throughout the marathon i had um I, I mixed two drinks and i think i had three little sips of my one drink and that's the only liquid i had because you weren't sweating it was just one of those days we didn't actually need liquid um but yeah so were there any any phases where i doubted it um not really. I think when I, even when I went through halfway over time, deep down inside, I knew that I had a lot left in the tank. Um, and I could, I could do negative splits. Um, and I trained for it. Um, I suppose there was one stage with about 12 Ks to go. So I had done 30 Ks that, um, I got a stitch and it was a really, really bad stitch. Um, and it sort of felt like, oh my word, it felt like I got shot in my left rib almost. And, I was running and next thing, um, the stitch just came out of nowhere and, and my form started dipping a bit and my pace started slowing a bit. And I was like, okay, this is a stitch, just relax, it'll go away, change your breathing, breathe out your nose, breathe out your mouth, you know, like do something, change it up, up a bit. And it got, it actually got worse for the next three, four hundred meters. And yeah, my pace for that specific section went from about 320 a K to maybe 345 a K, maybe even four minutes a K. And I thought, oh my word, you know, like I do have a little bit of time in the bank, but not much can go wrong. Um, and then thankfully about another 200 meters further it just went away. So I would say that I had the stitch probably for only 500 meters, but it was a really, really bad one. And it kind of like I was crunched down, it knocked my form completely, knocked my pace. So for those 500 meters, had you asked me like 400 meters into that, I would have really been worried. But another couple of hundred meters after that, I was completely fine. Um, but yeah, like I said, it was it was mentally tough. But I think you know a couple of things made it easier. Like there was there was these two um, ladies supporting in, in the park. They were just walking laps of the park. And they were screaming for me every time. I mean, they were screaming for every runner that went past them. But it was just so cool to to feel. It was like it was almost as if they were screaming at me, like they were my mom supporting their kid, and they were going um, like absolutely crazy every single lap. And it was like I was looking forward to seeing them. You know, I knew at, at which point I would see them, and I was like, oh yes, cool. Let me, you know, put on a poker face and get my form going good and and have a smile because there's yeah, these supporters shouting for you. Um, so, so yeah, stuff like that really did make it a lot easier. Mm. And you, you said about how, um, it really did test your, your, your mindset and, um, your, your mental strength. Um, so I've got to come along obviously, um, to, to talk with you regarding the, the Comrades Marathon, because we haven't chatted about that yet, Nick. And, yeah, yeah. and for me, that is that marathon is obviously you know known to us in in the running community as a massive um mental um battle to 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 get through because it is it is a very difficult difficult race so could you just talk to us a little bit about your your experience with comrades of course i can so for those of you that don't know comrades marathon it's an ultra marathon in south africa um that's 90 kilometers so basically think of it as as a marathon and then another marathon and then a park run and then you're done. But the marathons that you do are probably, you know, the two hardest marathons you'll ever do. It's, it really is quite a tough race. Um, so it's quite a ridiculous race. But um, one thing that I can guarantee you for that race is that, you know, the feeling you get after that race and having accomplished it 
is second to none. It's the most incredible feeling ever. Um, it's actually difficult for me to describe it. Um, I think if you have the ability to do it one day, I really, really recommend you do it just for the feeling that you get afterwards. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, so yeah, I actually, I don't, I don't, I'm not a very emotional person at all. Um, actually very, very non-emotional, but I find that at the start of Comrades and at the finish of Comrades, I cry like an absolute baby. Um, just because it's, you know, the occasion is so overwhelming. You've trained so hard for that specific moment and you're there with what's it like 22,000 other runners going to go on this 90 kilometer journey, um, and hopefully get through the other side. So, so yeah, it's, a, it's an incredible race. Um, it's, I've, I've sort of done things the wrong way around. So I started with Comrades Marathon and, um, I'm trying to improve my 5k time now. <laughs> Whereas I suppose, you know, the normal routes in running is you start with your 5k and then you build up to comrades. Um, you know, I've sort of gone about it the other way around, but yeah, I guess how I got into it is because my, my, um, my wife, Taryn's parents, um, they, they were, they big runners and they were big into running. And, um, before I got into running, I, I went and supported them, um, at comrades. And I just remember, um, getting up at three o'clock in the morning thinking these people are absolutely crazy. Why would you wake up so early to, to run 90 kilometers and put yourself through this pain? And then, um, I, uh, we dropped them off at the start and I got to the halfway point and I, I saw the leaders coming through and there's a, you know, it's quite a big commotion. There's a helicopter in the air and yeah, I just got these goosebumps and I, I looked at these leaders and I was, you know, complete. I had so much respect for them and I was just like, wow, this is, and it's something that I have to do. I can't not do it. You know, I'm privileged enough to have the ability. Um, so that's how we got into it. And yeah, when I did, I mean, like I've always said personally, for me, the training for comrades is harder than the actual race. Um, if you've done the training properly. So the training is, is pretty relentless and it's it's a lot of time on the legs and it's a lot of longer runs and it's a lot of sacrifice. But if you've trained properly, the day is just so much more enjoyable. Um, look, don't get me wrong. It's still really tough. And the, the last 30 Ks in comrades are like the last 10 Ks of a marathon times a hundred. Um, it's really, really, I remember in that, that, that last sort of like 20 Ks, you go into like a survival mode. Um, and your, your logic almost, your, your brain changes and it's almost like, okay, you know, do what it takes to survive. And I remember running, it was about, 10 k's left and the, the one year the, the commerce marathon was quite a hot year and this one kid was um licking their ice cream or licking their yeah they were having they had an ice cream and i was running down the middle of the road and i remember seeing this ice cream from the corner of my eye and next thing i ran straight towards this kid and i nearly snatched the ice cream out, out the kid's hand and then but luckily I, I stopped myself before and i just kept on thinking nick you're going crazy come on keep your mind together there's 10 k's left get to the finish so I mean, that's, that's the sort of stuff that, that, that race does to you. But yeah, um, like I said, there's, there's no better feeling finishing it. Um, I guess it's, you know, you, you train hard for it. And that, that last 30 Ks, you go through so much pain that when you do finally get there and you finally achieved it, it's just the most incredible feeling. And, you know, thankfully and, and luckily I was, I was able to get a silver in my first comrades. So I did a 714 in my first one. Um, I was 24 years old. So, um, the year after was an up run and I did a 658. 
Um, so um, that's also anything under 730 is uh, silver. And then in the, the third year, um, before we moved across here, so I was 26 at the time, I did my third comrades and I did a 628. Um, so I managed to break 630, um, which is basically around three hour marathon pace for, for comrades. And yeah, it was just incredible. I managed to come in the top 100. Um, I think I was the youngest in the top 100 by two years, which would for me at the time was an incredible achievement. And yeah, um, it's a race that I'm definitely not done with yet. I will be back for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to give it one or two more really, really good efforts. But one thing I will say about the race is that um, it's a lot of sacrifice and it's it's almost a bit of a selfish race in the way that you tend to, you need to focus solely on comrades if you want to do really well in it. So, you know, it takes away um, being able to do a quick 5K and a quick 10K and a quick 21 and even a 42 um, because it's just time on the legs. You need, instead of that like super quick speed, you need that like ultra strength and power because it doesn't help having speed over 90 kilometers if you hit a wall at 60Ks and you end up walking for 30Ks. So, yeah, that 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 would be my advice to anyone training for it is that really it's at last but that counts. Um, the race definitely only starts at halfway. Um, to give you an idea, I think when I did my 628 comrades, I was, I, I did positive splits. So I did, I only, I was about four minutes slower in the second half than the first half. Um, but at halfway, I think I was coming 400 and I finished 74th. So that just goes to show you how the race actually only started halfway. Um, so many people blow second half. Because it's just, I mean, I suppose it's just natural when you've got 85 kilometers in the legs, it's hard to, to maintain your pace. But yeah, it's the most incredible race. Um, if ever you get the opportunity or you think you're doing it, I highly recommend it. Um, Comrades is incredible. Two Oceans is another one that's incredible. That's in Cape Town. That's a little bit more realistic. That's 56 Ks and not 90 Ks. Um, but the feeling that, that Comrades gives you is just second to none. And, and like I said, I'm definitely not done with it. But I don't know if I'll be doing it anytime soon because I'm enjoying doing, you know, the London marathon and I'm hopefully going to do Chicago next year. And, and I want to improve on my marathon time before I really give comrades a really good go again in the future. Mm. Yeah. And I was going are to you, ask. Are um, you thinking of doing it? Um, do you know what? I've heard so much about it in, in the past. And, and even when I was in a fit position, I hadn't, I hadn't, it hadn't appealed too much to me um but I would never say never um I definitely think this year you know being out for so long and and obviously in the position I'm in now I know when I start running again it's going to be a very or at least I think it's going to be a long process of regaining fitness um but I definitely do want to do um an ultra marathon um whether that's more a coastal or out on trails Okay. I think that's more my idea of what I want to do. But definitely never say never. And listening to you talking about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, it sounds really, really good. Um, but I think it was listening a lot um, about comrades on marathon talk, and I'm like, oh, God, no, I don't think I can do that. But it, I appreciate it is a very special race. And, it, it, you know, if you if you get the chance to be able to go and, and you've got the chance to, like you say, train for it and be able to dedicate that time to it um, in order to train, you know, efficiently, um then then yeah i think it's a special one to go for so i'm not saying never 
Um, but I did think you had unfinished business with it. So I'm glad that you touched on that. Um, and I'm not surprised to hear you say that you prefer right now to focus on the marathon and you've got some plans there. Um, so I'm assuming in the next couple of years, we'll see you more um, in the marathon distance and perhaps a few shorter distances before then going back to ultras. Is that correct? Yeah, that's exactly it. So I think so. when I did my, my 628, um, you got to bear in mind that the winners are coming in around 5.30 um, and top 10 is probably uh, around 5.50 or, or 5.55 or so. Um, but when I did the 6.28, my marathon PB was 2.44. Um, it's, it's now 2.28. I'm a lot quicker than I was back then. Um, but like I said, it's a big sacrifice. So I'd rather, you know, try and improve on my marathon times. And then I suppose once I've hit a peak in my marathon times, then, then give a really good proper proper go. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, no time soon. And I mean, that's the the beautiful thing about about living in London is you have access to so many of the the world's best marathons. Um, I'd love to get my my marathon majors six star medal. Um, I had plans to do Chicago this year. Um, so London and Chicago were going to be my main ones. Obviously, uh, you know, life took a few. Uh, turns recently but i'm hoping to do that next year and then i would love to do london every year and that mix that up with another international marathon so like a tokyo or a new york or a boston um until mm-hmm. about six so that's that's what i really really want to want to achieve in the short term future what would you say nick um does it take to to be an endurance runner um so I suppose you've got to really want to do it. Um, the training for it, like I said, is really, really difficult. And if you even, but if you're unsure, I think when the training gets tough, you will, you'll, you know, you'll lay off and start slacking a bit. So I think the fact that I knew I really wanted to do comrades and I really wanted to to give my best, that was enough to keep me motivated throughout training. You know, training for an ultra is completely different to training for for a marathon or anything shorter than a marathon. Um, you go through a lot of tough, tough times throughout training. Um, and, you know, as a runner, I mean, you can relate. You you have times where you're super motivated and it's easy, and then you have times where you're really not motivated at all. Um, so I think you got to really want to do it. Um, and, yeah, you, you, you just got to be – if you're prepared for the training, you'll be fine. I think if you – if you're unprepared um, and you you know you slack on the training, you'll be okay. You'll still get to the race, and you'll probably still do the race, but you'll hurt a lot more on the day, and you probably won't achieve what you wanted to achieve had you done the right training. So, yeah, that that would be my advice. Just it's a mindset, and and set your mind properly at the start of training, and know know what what you got to put in to achieve what you want to achieve, um, and then it's actually not that bad. And is there, if there was like a mantra, a motto or a quote that you had to live by, what would it be? So I try and live by one um, that's always better than yesterday. So I always try and be better than yesterday. Um, and, you know, I suppose I've, I've been lucky enough that in the last seven years since I started running, I've been able to improve and be better than yesterday. Um, there's going to come a point in time where, where my PVs will stop and I'll start going in the other direction. But I suppose being better than yesterday doesn't just mean, you know, a faster runner or, or a good PV. 
it can be many other aspects in, in life, I suppose. So, you know, for me at the moment, um, there's, there's quite a lot going on and a lot of exciting things, but you know, I always just strive to, to keep growing and just strive to be better than yesterday. Um, and, and that's what I, I really, you know, try and, and install in a lot of the clients that I'm working with, um, to just, you know, everyone's got different capabilities and limitations. Don't compare yourself to anyone. Just try to be a better you and try to be better than yesterday. That's actually a great one because it's like literally as soon as you said it that I was I was associating it with your everyday, you know, activities, whether that's, you know, turning up for work and, and doing a better day's job than you did the day before or putting on or um, adopting a, a more positive attitude than you had before or um, eating healthier or being a bit more productive than the day before and not necessarily always the the achievements in running as you say you you know you 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 achieve your personal best and you're not you know you're not always going to have your a game every single time you you go out and trial um but you can always you know be better than yesterday in in so many other ways um that can give you so much joy as well so that's a great one i love that well i'm glad you love it i think also now i mean it's it's even more important now than ever before because you know i've met so many runners recently um that said oh i was doing so great at the beginning of the year and and everything was on track and i mean it's it is understandable um and then they just completely lost motivation you know since since COVID kicked in and um it's hard for a lot of people and i think a lot of people you know have have lost their fitness levels um and have lost a lot of motivation but that's completely okay um i think like like uh, i touched on earlier there's there's things you can do to stay motivated and um, there's a lot of us in the same boat together. So we should all try and help each other and, and work together to, to try and be better, um, I suppose, as a group. You know, it always helps yeah. having having people hold accountable and, and working, you know, with a group of people um, that you all sort of share the same mottos and strive to be better. Yes, yes, definitely. And I've heard something before that you're only as good as the um, – or you can only achieve as, as much as the the people you choose to surround yourself with. So, you know, if you're choosing to um to to assist, you know, your friends, your family, your colleagues, your your um club members, you know, surrounding yourself with a good team, helping your team equally, then you you receive that back. Exactly. That's a really good Love theory. That. Love that. And I, I think that's a really great way to to end this chat today. Um on just on a on a really positive note on you know assisting each other helping each other and supporting each other um to achieve our goals and to always strive forward for those goals and encouraging others um so thank you very very much nick for your time today i really appreciate it um in your busy schedule and also because you're still coming off that that massive runner's high from sunday um so thank you so much for your time can you just tell everyone where they can go to get in touch with you online of course, I can. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, and I'm looking forward to your, your return to running. Um, yeah, uh, you know, Thank you. Know, you know what I think is going to happen? I think you're going to start running and then it's going to feel, it's going to come back quicker than you think. And then you're going to do a marathon and then you're going to do an ultra and then you're going to think, ah, oh, Nick told me about comrades. Maybe I should try it. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds amazing. You, I, I, you that know, stage, we'll, we'll have a catch of coffee and I'll give you a, a bit of tips and advice on the route again. Um, definitely thank you something to look forward to to and and yeah i'm sure it hasn't been easy for you being injured i know i'm i'm very grumpy and 
and now I've got a short fuse and I'm injured. So yeah, huge respect to you, and I'm sure you'll come back stronger. Um, but for for those of you that would like to to get in contact with me, um, it's probably easiest on on Instagram first of all. So my my Instagram handle is just a little bester. So surname is bester, but it's just a little J U S T A L I L bester. Um, and my website's exactly that. So it's www.justalilbester.com. Um, so you can contact me via Instagram or my website. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. Perfect. Great. Perfect. I'll put um, links up in the show notes in case anyone didn't catch that. Um, I always find that the link is, you know, just very, very easy to follow through with. Um, so yes, the Instagram and website link will be in the show notes if you want to check for those. Um, and thank you again, Nick, and we will definitely, definitely catch up soon. Take care and hope you recover fully. Um, and we will speak soon. Great. Cool. Thanks for having me and good luck for your morning routine tomorrow. Cheers, Natalie. Cheers and you. Cheers. Bye. Thank you guys so much for joining today and listening to Not Another Runner podcast. Please tell your friends and family who you think would enjoy the content I'll be sharing. Don't forget you can get in touch with me over on Instagram via Not Another Runner. Let me know your thoughts on the podcast, any suggestions on guests or topics. This is greatly appreciated. Send me your questions through as well if you want and use the hashtag why I run to be featured. And hey, if you can, hit subscribe to the podcast. This will really help me to be able to give you more. Thank you again. And remember, when you get up and exercise or go for a run, you never regret going, but you always regret not going. Have a great week, guys, and speak soon.